Let me ask you, are you someone with hair? Well, if you answered yes to that question, do I have the product for you? Visit ModernMammals.com and use code MAYO for 10% off because the goal with Modern Mammals is to try and keep your hair and head natural. Since I've been using it, that's exactly what I've experienced. I very much prefer it. I don't know if I'm ever going to switch back. Probably not, to tell you the truth. And this means that it doesn't distort your pH balance and natural oils like shampoo would. Unlike shampoo, the products don't have a harsh detergent that suds up and dries out your head and hair. It's just lighter than traditional shampoo. And unlike conditioners, it doesn't leave hair limp and frizzy. Like, you don't want that Seinfeld in the shower like Rory McIlroy had it once too, where it's just like a, a mop on your head. You don't want that. And if you use modern mammals, that's not going to happen. It's designed to make your hair feel thicker. And my hair at the moment feels so thick, you can't even pull it out. Plus, the products are easy to rinse out, so there's no leftover residue to weigh hair down. So, Go to ModernMammals.com and use code MAYO for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code MAYO. Don't forget to use my promo code MAYO so they know I sent you. More details in the description. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, brought to you by DraftKings 2020 Safeway Open DraftKings Picks Bets Preview. We got it all for you. Also, the stats and tools that you will be seeing in this show are powered by FantasyNational.com. Go to FantasyNational.com/Mayo to get yourself a huge discount. And with the U.S. Open coming up, I highly recommend that, especially if you get like a weekly membership on the Wednesday. Now, I think you should buy the annual best bang for your buck but if you just want to test the waters with the weekly you buy it on wednesday you get wednesday to wednesday you get the safeway and the u.s open because i know you're going to be geared up to play in the u.s open i'm geared up already started doing all my research for it i'm gonna have a first look show i believe justin ray from the 15th club is going to be joining me on that rick and ben are back for the DraftKings preview and of course feinberg will be joining me in studio next monday to break it all down from a betting perspective and this is all with week one on the go there is no listeners league link this week uh for golf there will be one for the u.s open the listeners league for now, this week is for football week one if you go to the draft i'll throw it into the description of this podcast and video as well uh, if you want to play in the rake free pat mayo experience nfl week one DraftKings open you can do so 15 dollars to play three max entry no rake as usual you can hit, catch me on, catch me on cameo by the way cameo.com slash the pme and smash like button to the video give me your winner in the description rate and review the podcast five stars cheat sheet will be up on dkplaybook.com later on tuesday evening enough of that let's jump into this joining me on the line first timer on the show breaking it in right now skylar hoke from ftn daily and ftnbets.com skylar i actually have a giveaway for FTN Daily and FTNBets.com. Do you want to hear about it? I would love to, Pat. So if people buy the football package at either FTN Daily or FTNBets.com right now, which I highly recommend. Uh, I was talking about you know, Fantasy National, all of the golf tools that I love to use for that. FTN Daily and FTNBets.com have football tools that 
accomplish the same thing for what I'm looking for, both from a DraftKings perspective and a betting perspective. So if you buy one of the packages for football season, you screenshot me that you purchase it, and you can get a discount with code MAYO, M-A-Y-O. One lucky person from each of the packages will just have their money refunded to them. Free package for you, but you got to go buy it first, all right? Skylar, you guys are doing tons of work over there. Uh, The site is awesome. I actually joined up with the team for football and some golf stuff as well. I'm excited to have you on board, man. Yeah, Pat. I mean, it's a it's a true pleasure being able to work with you side by side now. So really excited with the new news, you coming on to FTN. And we definitely have been grinding golf. You know, we've had a, a strong end of the season here. I'm really uh, enjoying like the European tour. So I've been doing a lot of content from that end. So I'm excited for Wingfoot, as you spoke about, as we have a lot of mix of those European tour players coming in. And then to get to talk to you on this special Safeway field. I mean, it's, it's truly an honor. Uh, well, this is I, – I much prefer this field at the Safeway than the field like the last three weeks in the FedEx <laughs> Cup playoffs. Like this is more my style, a bunch of jabronis Absolutely. who didn't make the tour championship, 156-man <laughs> field, top 65 in ties make the cut. This is the golf that I truly enjoy. Like The tour championship was fine. I found it impossible to bet. Fortunately, Sebastian Munoz really bailed me out and actually churned out a winning betting week, which was fantastic. Let's see if we can keep that going. It's a brand new season. I'm not down anything yet so far in the new PGA season. It was like a 20-minute offseason, but here we are. The first event of the swing season, the Safeway Open. It's going to be at Silverado Resort and Spa. It's a par 72. It's on POA and... It's 7,166 yards. It's really short. Uh, It's an easy course. Uh, You're going to see the winning score be around like minus 15, minus 16, minus 17. That's generally where it lands. What skill sets are you looking for? Because frankly, like the past four or five years, well, it hasn't been populating the leaderboard. Bombers generally win here. Yeah, that's my thought, because you saw early on in like the, the 2000 ages, so when you saw like Mike Weir and like Jonas Blix win, there were some some interesting names that popped up that you wouldn't think bombers, but when we go back-to-back steel, Kevin Tway, Cameron Champ last year, I think distance is only going to help here. Um, you know, playing out of the rough isn't that big of a deal at Silverado, so for me, I'm, I'm going to side distance. Um, it seems that short game isn't a bad thing to have. I can remember Cam Champ having some really clutch around the green um, chips to, to get himself the victory last year. So it's uh, like a total skill set doesn't hurt, but if I can get to on your page, I think it's bombers as well. All right. So let's just jump right into the price. We're going to be talking betting a little bit towards the end too, as I've already made a few wagers in the $10,000 area. Did you ever see the day when the highest price player in any field pushing $11,000 on DraftKings would be C woo Kim. My goodness, waking up to, to $10,800 Siwoo Kim. I mean, that is, seriously, what a time to be alive. We're, we're lucky to be, be able to play a field with him and Phil, 10-6, 10-8. They're even taking away 10K guys, and Matt Kuchar doesn't even want to mess around with this field. So do you think people are actually going to click on, on 10-8 Siwoo? Like, how do, you, do people react overall to it? I have no idea. I don't even think I can click on 10-8 Siwoo. Like that, I know he's playing great. He's made like eight cuts in a row. He's gearing himself up. Maybe if he can win the U.S. Open, then he gets out of his military service and things are good to go for him. But I, that's a lot to pay for Siwoo. It's a lot to pay for Phil, too, who plays here every year in Napa. He just likes going to wine country. But all, I think a lot of these guys are just using this as a tune-up for next week. And there's a lot of others in this field who might be in the U.S. Open field, but see this as an opportunity to actually go out and get a PGA win. Yeah, I mean, that was the the interesting thing overall in the week. I mean, you could do the research for Safeway, 
before even the tour championship had started because not a single person comes over from that field. You see a lot of those people that are already mid-tier playing into the U.S. Open. So to me, if these guys are coming out here to gear up, it's a, it's a perfect chance to get their, you know, another win for them or their first ever win. So I just find it a tough time when you look at the bottom of the field and we'll get into the six Ks to, to trust, you know, arguably anyone. I mean, Lowry, it's a little interesting that he's playing here this week too. I mean, I think my favorite might be going back to Brendan Steele searching for a three, three wins at Safeway. I mean, that feels gross to click 10 K, but to me, I think Steele's game is, is a reason why he's competed here so well. He's been playing awesome. It seems like he'll have, normally on a Thursday, a, a great round and then fall back as the week can, continues. So overall, I think he's probably the first person I start with. I just, I just can't see myself clicking anybody, you know, above him. Uh, I mean, I think you can make an actual case for most of these guys. Like I think that just the way that Siwoo Kim is playing that you can make a reasonable case for him. Phil, it's a bit tougher, although the extended distance that he has now hitting bombs off the team coming off a win on the champions tour. It just it's too much to pay for Phil Mickelson in this field, to be perfectly honest. And then Lowry, Lowry's ball striking has been fine. Uh, just he has not been able to find the putter whatsoever. And when you go look at some of the fields that he's competing, and that's going to be the one problem when you try to parse through stats, is that you have these guys that didn't qualify for the Tour Championship but had been playing in the FedEx Cup playoffs or hadn't played since the WGC or the PGA Championship, that they were just playing in stacked field so their strokes gained versus those fields are going to be a lot lower versus playing a strokes gained event against like these guys who like half of them i've never like dominic bazelli is back in this field and you know he's still on tour anymore so it's a bit of a different situation i think if you're just looking for elite players lowry could be that guy but i, I kind of agree with you about brennan Steele. could he get his third win here absolutely and this is probably the best he's ever been playing coming into this event i only worry is that he's shaping up to probably be the highest owned guy isn't he I would argue him. And, and even if we dip, start dipping in below 10 K, I think we're going to see a couple guys in nine K draw some ownership. If we look right below who to, to me, I think is borderline the best player in the field is, you know, Sergio Garcia at 9,900. I mean, he led since the restart in T to green, he's averaging over a stroke and a half per round T to green. I mean, we, we bet on him multiple times during that stretch and just could not find a hot putter. Um, but I just think at 9,900, he could draw some ownership. And then if we even go lower, does, does like guys like Varner, you know, pull in more than what Steele is? I don't know. I, I think people will probably side with the course history, but I could see Steele, Griot, or not Griot, Steele, Garcia, and, and HV3 put in a, a good amount of ownership above 9,000. 9, uh, obviously this is very early in the week and not everything is populated into the system yet but the early leans from members at fantasy national have basically three of the highest owned guys coming from this 9k range uh, with harold Varner for the third being by far the highest at like 26 percent that probably ends up yep. dipping by the time it comes along but the next two after that you have evr coming in at 15 damon coming in at 20 or at 14 and shez Revi coming in at 14 as well it does appear like we might get a little bit of a discount on sergio because i'm with you uh, uh, I mean, Griot was one here before. You don't need to be a good putter to win at this course. You need to have a good putting week to win at this course. But if Griot, Champ, and Steele twice, and Kevin Tway are going to be your last five champions, I don't think, like, historically being good at putting is really a key factor this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a perfectly, you know, aligned for Sergio to do well. I mean, he's coming here to compete. I think for people that are are playing, like him in the Lowry standpoint, like they need to, to find a little form again to get – 
um, in competition before winged foot. So Sergio would arguably, you know, to me is a, a much superior player than Brendan Steele, maybe not short term, but yeah, I think Sergio would be my, my favorite play, you know, by far in that range. I worry about Grio though. I mean, I think back what he beat Kevin Tway, I think it was, or not Kevin Tway, Kevin Na in that playoff. Um, what have that been? 20, 15. I remember watching that. I mean, it just seems like Rio to that range, 9,700. Some of these prices are just absurd to look at guys who would have been in the six K's, you know, no more than six, seven weeks ago. Well, I guess the, the one drawback to Sergio is that not only is he like not historically a good putter, he has not gained strokes in any event since the restart. And it's not even close. Like there has not been a single tournament where he's lost you know, less than minus one strokes gained on the green. It's like, there's been some really bad performances. Like he lost six strokes putting in two rounds at the PGA championship. Maybe getting back on Poa's slower greens, this can kind of be his wheelhouse. He's had some success at Riviera, but those are faster Poa greens. So I don't even know what to make of him. I think the ball striking is going to be there, but if I'm going to take the plunge on Sergio, I mean, Grio is essentially Sergio light. He does. I mean, he won his first ever PGA start at this course and hasn't been back since, but towards the end uh, that we've just last saw of the PGA season, that Grio kind of turned it around a little bit that the ball striking numbers went back to his usual level. Like the, the driving's back, the irons are back and the putting, wasn't as egregious as it normally was yeah what 3m he finished third i think he did make that cut at the pga championship followed up northern trust and to your point for those those guys that were instead of at the 3m or instead of at the saint jude a lot of this field played in the barracuda you know there wasn't strokes gain stats for that i believe grio was you know 20 to 1 in that field and contended a little bit as well there i think he finished 22nd um, at the barracuda so and, and that's one intriguing thing I'll touch on a little bit later is that arguably might be a little bit of a telling tournament in the same region of the country. Um, it was played in Lake Tahoe this year. So just a couple hours over from um, Napa, you know, wine country. So I like some guys that teed it up at the Cuda and played well there. Is there any course comps that you're leaning on? I know you mentioned Riviera with the POA, but I mean, game style wise, is there anything sticking out to you like course comp? No, none really whatsoever. This is just such a weird outlier tournament and just it happens. It's just ball strikers. Just take ball strikers and go on your way and hopefully you can catch a hot putter. Maybe Barracuda is the closest one that we have. Uh, and frankly, like most of the Riviera is not a comp because Riviera is so much harder than this course. For sure. And yeah. this field is significantly worse than anything that you would see at the Genesis. So just looking at the Barracuda from this year, like that's another course where Brennan Steele plays incredibly well. So maybe the comp is yep. Pretty apt, like Warinsky, Merritt, Gomez, Matias Schwab, and, and Streb were your best guys. And yeah, like Stallings, Aaron Wise actually showed up there. Griot was T9 that week, actually. Okay. Then, then you had Norin, Stanley, Ryan Moore, uh, Bramlett had a good week, Christoph Ventura had a good week, Sam Ryder. And now mm -hmm. we're getting down to the dregs of everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still a little upset about that Schwab finish. I know we were heavy on him that week. Yeah. But, but yeah. I think you could start your lineups either with Steele or Sergio if you wanted to. But it does appear like the early ownership is staying away from Siwoo and Phil, and even to a lesser extent, Lowry, that if you did want to spend up, it doesn't seem like a lot of people are doing that. Yeah, I think that's when the strategy comes in line. And if you find people that you fancy in the low sixes, you're going to be able to make a unique lineup playing Siwoo or Phil, you know, Lowry to that standpoint of, of separating because it's going to be very common to jam in a couple nine Ks and not touch, you know, the bottom of this field. So I think that's where, you know, if you're going to get unique, 
you might be able to plug your nose because normally it's just hard to, to swallow the fact, you know, Siwoo's 20 to one this week opens up and he's going to pay, you know, almost 11 K does he have to finish top five to, to be able to be in a winning lineup? You know, sure. But uh, if it's a uniqueness that comes with that upside, I think you may be able to do it in like some MME builds, but single entry, I'm just living in this, this nine, eight K range. Yeah, I, I like the nines a lot. What do you make of Snedeker? 9300 bucks. He was runner-up here last year, the year before, whatever it is. He seems like a broken man at this point. But any time that you get him on POA, short course, long course, doesn't matter. He could just go gain 15 strokes putting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what? since the restart, he is losing almost a half stroke around um, strokes gain total. He, he does have some decent, you know, finishes 17th last year, second, the year before you're right on that a 17th in the year uh, to that standpoint. So, I mean, that's the thing, like he can get hot with the putter. If you're going to rely on a short game, if it's going to play to that degree this week, I mean, I, I don't mind ever taking a Snedeker if he's going to be a pivot off of someone like Harold Varner, who is going to have higher ownership. I think that's a little bit intriguing. And I think we have to bring up the elephant in the room. And, and what do you do with Jordan speed? Do you continue to avoid, do you have, any interest um, whatsoever? No, I not not at this course. I think it kind of plays. I'll probably end up fading Snedeker as well. Just if I'm going to take a putting based player, that I think that there are some cheap. That's where you can go for some of your cheaper options in this field, uh, and yeah. really kind of mitigate your risk. You can take the better ball strikers. I mean, listen, this is a decent spot for Spieth to kind of get off the Schneid a little bit, but. Mm -hmm if this is going to be a course where we're looking for the winner from up in this range, at least by the odds and by the DraftKings pricing. And we've already stated that driving distance is going to be a really key factor. Like speed sucks off the tee. Like that's going to be a real problem here. Yeah. I mean, back, what is it? Five events in a row. Now he's lost strokes off the tee. He has gained approach off the tee in all five of those events. But if you're not, you know, if you're, you're putting one OB around basically how much strokes he's losing, it's just not going to be something you can compete at that birdie upside you know, played in some of the interest when he got into guaranteed four round tournaments. But yeah, I just, when you start paying these, these tolls up here, it, it just gets ugly quick with speed, which I'm, I'm rooting for a comeback, but I, I can't pay that price. Yeah. So for me, uh, it's going to be Sergio and Grio. I might even just start my teams that way and probably have less of Grio than I probably should. Or you can even just even drop down a little bit lower and just really hammer down on building balanced lineups from this like $9,000 area. It's so rare that we see a golf tournament where the number one player, I mean, it's Siwoo Kim for one thing, but he's 20 to one to win this tournament. So it's a pretty balanced field. There's no overwhelming favorite. So you can go balance build and like cheaper balance build than normal. Not just like, oh, this guy's 99. I can start my teams there. You can start your teams with EVR if you wanted to. Like Doc Redman at 92 is fine. Um, even Streelman at 9,000. He's fine as well. Like it's, you can just pick apart so many of these players. Uh, my actual favorite player in this field is actually 8,900 and Cam Davis. So I bet him to win it 44 to one. I think he'll be, you know, interesting from the chalk standpoint with Cam pulling in, uh, Cam Davis pulling in some of that birdie. He's, he's arguably the best birdie player right now since the restart in this field. I like the EVR Doc Redman. I mean, Doc's approach game plays everywhere. So I think there's some extreme uh, interest in Doc Redman for me there too. Yeah, so the only players, uh, not necessarily the only players, but over the past 24 rounds that these guys have played, Cam Davis is 13th off the tee and, let's see, 30th in strokes gained approach. Keegan Bradley is top 20 in both approach and off the tee, uh, and so is Harold Verner, and so is Doc Redmond. So, like, that could just be a congested area. I know Verner and Davis are going to be very highly owned, but they're usually the second man in on a lot of teams. If that's where you just wanted to start – 
all of a sudden, well, you have a very chalky lineup. No one else has that type of build either. Yeah. And again, strategy, especially when we talk some of these lower price guys, like if you're able to, to avoid basically 7,500 and below, you, you can, I mean, quote unquote, give yourself the best chance at a six of six. You know, the upside is, is arguably, um, you know, very, it's just hard, hard to judge the upside in this tournament. I think it, it's, as we see in the odds boards, it's just so um, mixed up across this range. So I, I think that build is probably 9K below is the most popular, but living in the 8Ks, like you're saying, starting it with Cam Davis, I don't hate that either. So if you had Cam Davis, again, going to be incredibly popular. Uh, I'm fine with it, though. That's chalk I'm going to eat. I'll probably end up fading Harold Varner. Going down in the eights, like you have your Bud Collies, your Norlanders, T-Dunks is in this range as well. Will Gordon is someone who really stood out to me just because of the prodigious length that he has off the tee. And other than that, like Sam Burns was going to be the other one that I was going to roll with. I think I'm just going to roll out Bombers, like Bombers who can kind of putt. That's going to be my uh, my go-to this week. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Will Gordon. He would be my favorite play in this low 8Ks. You know, we saw his upside. I think it was at the Travelers, you know, through three rounds being right there um, in the mix. You know, unbelievable college player at Vanderbilt. So I think Will Gordon would be, you know, one of my favorites there. And, I mean, Burns, uh, we like him on Bermuda more often than not. But his putting has been, you know, pretty, you know, upside-wise there, no matter the tournament recently. So I think I'm into Burns. Um at that standpoint, because he can bomb it too. So in the $8,000 range for me, it's going to be Cam Davis, Sam Burns, and Will Gordon. But there are some withdrawals in this area too, if you're just kind of scanning everything. Danny Lee has withdrawn. He is in the U.S. Open now. Uh, also adding to the list, Matt Kuchar was originally in this field. He is withdrawn. Uh, Bryson Nimmer is out of the field. Uh, ben Martin, Bermuda Benny. So, so shout out to Ben Raza on that one. Can't use Ben Martin this week. Vaughn Taylor is out. And our guy, we almost saw him for the first time since the Honda Classic, but we're not getting any John uh, anymore. That's too bad. I miss John, huh? The question mark, man. But Sky, is there anyone else in the eights that we should be talking about besides the three that I'm going with? Like, who are your three favorites? My favorite, I mean, you brought him up. Will Gordon would be, you know, arguably... Talent-wise, you know, uh, one of the top players in this field, if he can string together four rounds, we saw it at the Travelers Championship where he was, I believe, in the final group on Sunday. Um, you know, Will Gordon, elite player at Vanderbilt, very good off the tee, can get, um, you know, that putter hot. So he would be my favorite. I think I'm interested. Some people have just given up on Henrik Norlander after that, like, hot fire five weeks he put together. So he might be overlooked. I mean, he did, you know, not compete as well as last two times out. But that stretch he ran to, to come out of the restart was so, so good. Um, so I'm intrigued at kind of going back at him at 8,500 too. Yeah, the only other one that I would consider going in, because I want to make sure the players are strong off the tee if they're going to do that. And Norlander has been. He's been better with the approach, though. Uh, it's one of the reasons why my guy, Mark Hubbard, I'm probably not going to go to him. But Lucas Glover would be the only other one at 8000 bucks. He was so good coming out of the restart, and then he kind of fizzled off. So I'll probably pass on him, and then we'll drop into the $7,000 area. And when I talked about buying someone who I don't think I've ever played this guy or bet this guy, and I'm doing it this week. I'm playing Denny McCarthy and I'm betting Denny McCarthy. Like, I don't know where his like newfound driving has come from and his irons are good all of a sudden. He actually lost strokes putting his last time out at the BMW Championship. But this is the type of field where he can go out with just media. I, I don't want to say mediocre. 
if he can just gain like a stroke off the tee and a stroke on approach, a stroke around the greens, he can putt his way to a victory here. Yeah, I mean, that window performance when he gained seven strokes approach was by far, I mean, I think his greatest in his career. Um, and, you know, to, to continue that with another hot approach week, it's just a shame the real Denny McCarthy didn't show up on the greens those two weeks because we'd be looking at probably a win or, or a better finish than ninth like he did at the Wyndham. So I don't mind, to your point, going back in on him. And he's just not that much different, in my opinion, than a Tyler Duncan or even like a, a Bud Colley in some sense, you know, so to get him at 7,900, I'm very intrigued by that, but man, just up at these seven Ks, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough buy getting into some of these. I mean, Charles Schwartzel was like 6,200 for, for a few weeks there. Now he's all the way to 7,800, another champions tour winner and Jim Furyk. Um, but I think if I'm buying somebody, I like Brendan Grace. I know he's someone who we target a lot on those tournaments where it's a little bit more of a challenge to score on compared to, a, you know, a birdie fest, like it probably will be this week. But if we do remember at the Barracuda that we talked about, which was that course comp, in my opinion, Brandon Grace was T2 after two rounds and then he caught COVID. So, you know, I think that Brandon Grace's short-term form is a little bit overlooked from those hot rounds and his approach has been very, very good recently. Yeah, I, I could see that. Charlie Hoffman, someone whose game has come around a little bit. Yep. With McCarthy, though, it's four straight events gaining on approach. That's, like, unheard of for him. I mean, I'm just going to throw it out here. My favorite guy in this range is Luke List. He is, if there's ever an event he can win, this is the sort of course where he can win. Yep. I, I agree. I agree. And he was, I was on him. I mean, what was it? Back-to-back -back weeks when, what have that been at Wyndham, too, when he was so good tee to green. Um, I mean, he did like two or three times since the restart when his tee to green numbers were back to peak Luke lists that we were in on. So to get him down here, I mean, yeah, it was Wyndham PGA championship. He did it again when we lost a combined 14 strokes putting in two weeks. So, I mean, that, that to me, I agree with you on list hundred percent. This is the exact profile of the course you'd want him on too. So I'm in on list 7,400. I, I do like Chuck Hoffman as well. He's been sneaky on the approach game too. Yeah, and then other than that, like you have your guys that I think people are going to gravitate towards, whether it be Maverick McNeely, Patrick Rogers, just people like playing those guys. And they'll be like, oh, Patrick Rogers, you know, he's a local guy, California kid, played at Stanford. He's definitely going to win. Like, I think people just might overrate Patrick Rogers. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just never find myself. I mean, again, the price is okay this week. He did compete and have some top 10 since the restart, but I'm never really on Patrick Rogers either. I would rather kind of go down into the lower seven Ks. I really wish I, this of course doesn't fit, but that approach game from Wesley Bryan has been, you know, back to old Wesley Bryan, um, you know, from, from when he was back winning uh, at the heritage. But I think Taylor Gooch is someone who's shown a little bit more upside at 7,300. Kyle Stanley is maybe a little bit back. I don't know. It's just all these guys are old classic favorites that I feel like we're coming back to. Yeah, so some of the, and maybe that's kind of the way to approach it this week or just completely lean on the modeling. Uh, when I ran my custom stat model on fantasynational.com, again, fantasynational.com slash Mayo, get yourself that discount. Seb Straka rates out inside the top 10 for me, short term. Vegas is 17th. Martin Laird is 25th, although he hasn't been playing much. Uh, and the other guy is Christoph Ventura, who just rates out really, really well. And, you know, he hits the ball a mile. He kind of putts a little bit, does, cannot hit his approaches whatsoever. But I don't know if there's ever a course where he can kind of like, almost like Luke List kind of get it going a little bit. It seems like this would be the track against a weaker field. Yep. Ventura would be one for me. I'm on him at 80 to one as well. He's just, you know, 
super, super talented, goes down, competes on the Corn Ferry Tour. I mean, last year in, in 2019, when he got, you know, his tour card, he did it in about half the amount of starts as anybody else did who was eligible to get promoted. So I just think that upside there at 7K, I, I'm very much in on him. But I mean, it's it's kind of ugly down there. I mean, Harry Higgs was a huge birdie getter, you know, pretty decent off the tee guy. Um, I, I don't hate him. And it's weird to see Rafa, you know, down here. He didn't get any sort of a price bump. This is a standard Rafa price in a normal week, it seems. Yeah, I don't know what to make of Rafa, though, is the problem. Like, skill-wise, you know that his baseline and, and history is just so much better than all of these guys. But what do you do with that when you're playing, like, absolute trash? Yeah, I mean, that's, like, it's arguably, you know, we, we talked about Sergio earlier. Maybe I have a European tour bias. I'm trying my best not to to get that in. But, you know, Rafa has been just miserable recently. I don't mind uh, Troy Merritt, 7,100. We talked about the, the Cuda earlier. He's somebody who, you know, won it in 19. It was in Nevada at the time, but elevation, you know, he, he played well again at this one, competed against Warwinski. Um, I think Troy Merritt is, is decent at 7,100 too. Yeah. He was fourth here two years ago, 15th, four years ago at Safeway. And just I mean, with Troy Merritt it just comes down to, he's someone who gets like nuclear with his putter every fifth event or so so if he can just keep it together tee to green he can definitely compete and just he's like he's won he won the barracuda he won the barbasol these like this is stronger than your average like crossover alternate field like aaron badley is another one who can like almost compete the alternate slam at this point but they just show up for whatever reason in these weaker fields like they are superior players versus the field they just make a ton of birdies so i can buy into merit a little bit you know i mean i'm always on like a, i'm a member of the zang gang but he hasn't been playing all that well hadley is someone that i would normally go to pat perez i find super intriguing but probably go to a pass on him and then drop down into the 6k level and there's like three names like right away that i thought were going to be at like 7900 and aren't one is shank one is stallings and one is duffner i bet duffner at 125 to one like if he it's almost like the theme if you know grio or sergio can hit their putts duffner's just the, the the shittier version of those guys yeah, I don't, I don't hate Duffner. I mean, he didn't break the top 30, you know, since the restart, but only missed two cuts. I think he was like five of seven uh, of his cuts. Um, I was going to mention the first one you talked about, Adam Shank. I mean, Shank is normally right in this same range of, of price point. I can't believe he's still under 7K. Shank, to me, I'm extremely in on. Um, you mentioned Pat Perez. I'm a little worried. I can't figure out exactly his health. He withdrew two out of his back-to-back tournaments in a row, but someone who in this same range also withdrew their last tournament. I don't know if he's healthy or not, but isn't JB Holmes a little weird to be 6,900? I didn't even notice that JB Holmes was playing. Yeah. I have no hell like Holmes, like it was the shoulder with Holmes and then he was going to play work day or Memorial and then didn't, this would be a perfect course for him. That's on, my thought too. Poa bomber yeah. on Poa. He's another guy who gave like will lose. He's somehow before before I guess the last tournament he played was Genesis at Riviera, and he had played three events on Poa out of his past four events. Before that, he came sixteenth, fourteenth, and fifty first. Gain strokes putting in all of them. Like he's either going to gain five strokes putting or lose ten. I don't know if you want to go with the gamble on him. He's usually good in this 400 to 450 range as well when it comes down to like where the majority of the par fours land this week. Maybe there's better value in the 6K than I thought. Why even play anyone in the sevens? Yeah, these names, they're, they're all 
very similar. To your point, 7,500 and down. I mean, realistically, is the the win rate or the top 20 rate that much different between these guys? No. So if you do think, you know, you really like, you know, J.B. Holmes or you want to take the shot there, does it make it worth trying to find a, a Siwoo or a, a Phil lineup with a couple of these guys? Maybe it's easier than we anticipated, but um, I think I like somebody else. Oh, 6,700. This guy has been sneaky great. Not, I mean, great is a, is a stretch, but there's been multiple tournaments where he's gained over a stroke per round on the field, and it's Seamus Power. Um, I know you like him as a first-round leader often. Do you have any power interest? 6,700. I never really have a lot of interest in Seamus Power, although this is a course where his distance can really come into play. I think I like those other guys that I kind of threw out better, the 6,900 guys of Shank. I, I really do like Stallings and Duffner, though. Like, yeah. I, I think they're going to end up being core guys for me. Should we... Should we really, oh man, 6,600, poor Kevin Tway. I think he's missed 11 consecutive cuts. He's won, although his driving is getting better. He's not losing like five strokes off the tee in two rounds. He's losing like 0.4 over two rounds. So it's trending back up the right way. I need to see him flip the switch though. Any interest in a former champ in Kevin Tway? I just can't do it. That, that recent form has been just so ugly. I would love to, I, I you know, used to enjoy rooting for, for Kevin Tway when he was consistently, you know, making some top 20s and some noise. I mean, he, he had a great win here, but no, I mean, he had 135th. I think that might've been at the Barracuda since the restart, but yeah, no thanks for Tway. I think if I'm going down there, I mean, we, we mentioned, you know, a long off the tee and you need to get, you know, kind of nuclear with a putter. When, when that's brought up, I think Wyndham Clark is somebody that does that. You know, he, he hasn't been great by any means recently, but that skill set, the Cam Champ type of skill set um, is Wyndham Clark for me in a sense, and he's at 6,800. Yeah, he is the best putter on tour from inside 10 feet, ninth in this field in driving distance gained over the past 24 rounds. I think that theoretically he makes a lot of sense. He's just not a player I ever use just because I, I can't stand him because the rest of his game is so trash that I think so I would good. almost rather lean with someone who can like feasibly hit an approach. Like number six in the modeling since the restart for me is actually Chris Baker, the birdie maker, yes. 6,400 bucks. He is short off the tee, but does gain a lot of strokes off the tee in terms of his accuracy. And he's top 10 in approach. Not a bad putter either. Yeah, no, I think uh, Chris Baker was the one that was coming up next to me. He has been, since the restart, second best in strokes gained approach, gaining over uh, 1.15 strokes per round. He's actually hitting just over 10% of his approach shots inside of six feet. So that is up there top five in this field since the restart. So to me, I think Chris Baker can find some more of those birdies again. At 6,400, I mean, he, he's played really, really well for that price. I mean, it's hard to say safe, but I mean, 20, 53rd, 41st, 45th, you know, he hasn't missed a cut. I don't think since the restart. So quote unquote safe in a sense, but I, I do like Chris Baker a ton at 6,400 and at like 175 to one with the each way. Yeah. Uh, Tyler McCumber is someone else too, that has been like kind of crappy since the restart, but played really well at Barracuda. And he's someone who absolutely crushes it off the tee. Probably not going to be for me. I do have to give a special shout out to my guy. I'm usually really, despite being Canadian, I'm usually pretty anti-Canadian golfers, but I love Graham Dillette. And Graham Dillette's back in the yeah. field trying to earn some FedEx Cup points to get his tour card back on this medical exemption. So I'm, I'm rooting for you, Graham. I hope the ball striking is back as he was basically Canadian Luke List and it was fantastic. Uh, Corey Connor is kind of that guy now except the let hits it a lot longer off the tee or at least he used to but should we talk about the elephant in the room guy now is, is now the time to do it 
I think it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you take the lead. All right. So 6100 bucks. There's a guy named Tom Kim. But his name's not really Tom Kim, is it? It's not. No, we, we have a prolific Asian tour teenager um, who has racked up five wins to his uh, young career that is disguising himself under his American name in the field this week. It's actually um, our boy Ju Hyung Kim. So I know you said you, you, you pre-show, you told me you, you hit on him early in the morning today. Uh, what was his odds? Uh, 2,000 to one. So I played that. Me, Paul, and Jeff all played that with the top five each way. So let's go Tom Kim. He's actually the number 111th ranked player in the world. Like he's one of the better players in this field. Yeah, he qualified for the PGA Tour Championship or the PGA uh, Championship for because of his world ranking. You know, he's gotten in there. I mean, he's going to be in, I think, He had already qualified for the Open Championship that had gotten canceled due to one of his wins on the Asian Tour. I mean, this kid can play. I mean, he is long off the tee. Truthfully, if you look kind of at the PGA Championship numbers, I actually played him in some some MME a little bit there because, um, you know, we've seen his career really rocket ship over the last little bit. It was his first time stateside playing. So I played him a little bit there. He just couldn't hit any putts, but he was very, very long off the tee. Um, so I think, I don't know if people catch on, you know, I'm hoping we can get him low, low owned at 6,100 because he, he disguised himself to all the books this morning. So, you know, those that caught on early, this is, could be a really, really fun week if he's able to manage, you know, some, uh, some low rounds. Yeah. I need him to go full Satashi Kodaira for me and just win me a bunch of cash. That would be fantastic news. I'm not going to go like super overweight on him well I guess I will be overweight on him but it's not like I'm going to be using Tom Kim if I play 20 lineups this week you know he might find his way into three or four it's not like it's going to be like oh let's go because I I mean now that we've talked about it I think I can go up to Siwoo if I really want to to tell you the truth just because there's like four 6k guys that I like I can just cycle those guys through Siwoo or Steel lineups and not really have to worry about it too much I mean, that's the thing. Like I was messing around with some MME builds today. They still offered a pretty solid drive the green um, for DraftKings. I was surprised with, you know, week one NFL, um, but they offered a a nice $5 still with 50K to first. And if you're going to MME, you know, you get to that 20, just say 25% Tom Kim, which is going to be five, six, seven X the field. You know, you can really mix and match some guys. You're not as confident up top and play around with him because, I mean, his, his cut equity, I, I think some books actually came out with real odds for him and he was 80 to one. So, I mean, where does 80 to one get you priced? It's probably next to Mark Hubbard. You know, it's probably high seven K. So you're saving $1,800 on, on a golfer like that to, you know, mix up some, some lineups quite interestingly. And I think there's, you know, other um, maybe highly touted is a, a loose word, but some other um amateur or new professional golfers making their rounds on the PGA tour that I do have some intrigue on and that are in the low six K's. If you don't mind me hopping to them. Like uh, you're, you're big on like the Gim Reaper or Ashtay Batia. Oh, man, don't, don't get me. If, if you bring up Akshay Batia to, to, to Drew Matthews, he's going to go on an hour tangent. So I promised him I wouldn't talk about Batia, but I think Sahith Figala is getting close to his time of playing some quality rounds on the PGA tour. So for those that aren't as familiar with them, he was the number one college golfer last year at Pepperdine had to cut his college range short due to, you know, the season being canceled and came out one on the outlaw tour 
and just ended up, you know, not playing very well at all on the PGA Tour. Missed a couple cuts by a stroke or two, but finally turned up at the Barracuda. I believe he finished just outside of the, yeah, he finished 41st. So nothing like great there, but he went out and had another top five last week on a mini tour event. The California connection going to Pepperdine, I think is a little bit intriguing. So I like him a little bit, 6,100. And there was another college kid, just $100 more than him, who is Isaiah Salinda, who went to Stanford. And he was actually, we're all familiar now with Brandon Wu. He was ahead of Brandon Wu in college, used to be their one when Brandon Wu was the two. And he's Monday qualified in a couple of tournaments, then got the sponsor's exemption. So 6,100 Thigala, 6,200 Salinda, if you don't want to go overweight Tom Kim, our other guys are going to be one and 2% that might have some local ties. Okay. I can maybe get behind that. How much do you think that a 6,300 Kiradesh Epi Burnrett is going to be? It seems like people will click on him. Yeah. So I didn't even realize he played the window a yeah. couple weeks ago. So <laughs> he missed the cut there. It wasn't very well. I mean, he was pretty good actually approach wise, but just wasn't very good. Um, other than that, I, I just don't think, I mean, this range, there is somebody I, I would prefer if I'm guess I'm going down off of statistics to, to Burnrett. Hank Leviota is so good tee to green. How does he not compete in anything? I don't quite like there's a couple guys that it feels like the stats just lie about how good they are. Uh, he's a really good driver of the ball on short par fours. And I think it really inflates how good he is off the tee. Yeah, I just, it's, it's weird. Cause like, I mean, I think he is since the restart top five in T to green in this field. Let's see. Yeah. Sergio and then Leviota 1.3 strokes per round since the restart which is just absurd to be 6,200. Then it goes HV3 and then our man, Chris Baker, you know? So it's just weird to see that at 6,200 and, and not garner any clicks. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the betting market before we get out of here. And the guys I've bet already, I'm going to release my cheat sheet, my betting cheat sheet on Twitter and Facebook on Wednesday. Once I kind of hammer down on everything, I like Cam Davis. I'm not playing like a strong card this week. I'd like no first round leaders or maybe a top 20 on Kim if, they end up just really, I looked on the site where I play my top 20s, where there's no dead heat rules and they don't even have them listed. So uh, if they put him into the system, then maybe I'll go play a top 20 on him. But Cam Davis, 44 to 1. Duffner, 125 with the top five each way. Uh, Tom Kim, 2,000 to 1 with the top five each way. Luke List, 75 to 1 with the top five each way. I think that number's gone though. And I think I'm going to add McCarthy and Chris baker and maybe i didn't even see what scott stallings odds were but i assume they're not good if he's that low a price like stallings is 110 to 1 i'll probably play that too like if you go back and look at the past few winners of this event Steele got overly inflated in his second year of the back-to-back -back because he had won the previous year but everyone else is basically a long shot like each of the past two winners were 100 to 1 beyond like champ was 100 to 1 tway was 125 like it's it's a long shot tournament it feels like i know the field's a bit stronger than it normally is but not significantly so yeah, I think that you can't find myself. I mean, there were some HV3s 40s last night would have probably been the lowest I would go outside of Cam Davis. But I think sprinkling these these long shots with the each ways, if you want to play a, a top 20 heavier card, it just seems to be that more style of a tournament that a long shot's going to compete. And that's kind of the weeks we seem to, to make money on because it's a little bit more variance. We know these guys, the, the books just don't know exactly how to price them. So I think my favorite, if I'm starting out, I really liked getting on uh, Ventura. There was some 80s to, I think on DraftKings Sportsbook, he was 100 um, this morning. So I'm in on Ventura. I loved Chris Baker. He talked about the 175 to one. 
Um, Tom Kim, there was, and DraftKings as well, there was a 50 to one top 20. So I, I'm in on that too. But yeah, I think it's just going to be a, a more long shot. I think Shank is interesting. I mean, his price might be better than his outright odds, but I mean, he's got some 80s out there too. But I think the three for me right now to start are Ventura, Baker, our boy Tom Kim. Yeah, so I found McCarthy at 79 to 1, so I'll probably end up playing mm-hmm. that. Although I might, I, it's, it's oh, on the each way place where I play, he's 70. You know, I'll have to figure out a top five or something along with that because I think that he can compete in this tournament. The only other one, like if I was going to go to the top, and I guess Cam Davis is kind of going to the top, he's 44, it would probably be Sergio. I, I see 35s out there for him. Like it's 40 in some spots. Like I, I might end up going with Sergio. So tune into Twitter to find out who I actually end up losing money on this week. Sergio seems yeah, like the guy, he though. Be, yeah, he, he just seems, I mean, Again, if I had to rank best player in the field, to me, it's Sergio. It just hasn't been shown lately. So the 30s is intriguing. I'll have to, I'll have to think about that too. What are, what's Griot's price? Oh my God. Griot, like Griot and Sergio are the same odds, which kind of blows my mind. And they're better than Spieth, which is not something I thought I'd ever see. It's just, I mean, waking up to that field, I remember messaging you on Friday afternoon. It's just like, I mean, this is what we live for. These are the type of fields that, I mean, if you are building a bunch of lineups, I mean, you're going to get ownership, hopefully on some guys, some leverage that you can get and just chaos could ensue. Six of six could be so high compared to the past. It could also be like 1%. And I wouldn't be shocked at anything. Yeah, I think it's going to be super low if I had to guess. Yeah. Uh, just that that's the trend that we've seen since the restart with the top 65 and ties in a 156-person field that it's just so hard to do, especially if you're going to be like us and like dumpster diving for 6K guys. But yeah. I, I did want to touch on this before we got out of here because I think it's uh, pretty intriguing because you do so much European tour stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about some of these guys that are coming over for the U.S. Open that maybe a lot of the viewers don't know about? Yeah, absolutely. So if we go in, you know, the, the top 10, so arguably what they did, so there was a UK swing. So there was the six tournaments for um, in the UK swing to come back for the European tour. They had a couple get ready in Austria and then they played six consecutive weeks on the European tour. Um, and they said, okay, you top 10 points earners during that time range, you'll be able to qualify for the US Open at Wingfoot. So my favorite, you know, arguably in that little stretch here would be Rasmus Hoygaard. He's actually, unfortunately, already down to like, um, it would have been 80 to one, I think 365 pri- uh, priced him at before. Um, but he had like five consecutive top 10 um, appearances since the restart with a victory. He's somebody I really, really like. And he's super good off the tee. He actually doesn't have the best putting. A lot of these European tour guys don't. But he is somebody who um, I think would be a lot of interest and hopefully priced at the low 6Ks. Another one who would be um, the the number one points getter in this time period would be Sam Horsfield, who had back-to-back victories, um, his first ever wins on the European tour. He's like the, if you talk birdie getters, this guy will average like five to, to seven around. He will just go on some unbelievable hot streaks. He played in Florida too, he went to college there. So he's got American ties. He's just trying to earn stripes to get to the PGA tour. So Horsefield, Horsefield would be one. And if I had to mention one more, it would probably be a kid named Sammy Valamaki, who, if anybody watched the European tour last week, they played at Valderrama 
and the winning score was plus uh, two by John Catlin, an American guy. Um, he won it over par, so it was an unbelievable tough test. So if we think wing foot is going to be difficult, this kid, Sammy Valamaki, finished top five um, at Valderrama. He is a prolific winner on some small tours over on Europe, but he had a huge win at the Omen Open um, before golf went down. He gets really hot in the greens. He's really good off the tee with approach. Um, so I think those three would be my favorite um, from the European guys getting into wing foot. I'm really excited to see them. Yeah, the Finnish flash, Sammy Valamaki, uh, three consecutive top tens on that European swing uh, coming into the U.S. Open if he is playing harder courses. Well, I was trying to figure out what corollary courses I wanted to put together for the U.S. Open. Like, I don't think I'm going to look at Pebble Beach. Like, I'm going to look at, like, past U.S. Open performance because it's this particular USGA setup. But I don't think that, like, Aaron Hills or Pebble Beach really have any corollary with how difficult I think that Wingfoot is going to play and how they're going to set that up. I would actually look at... The PGA Championship from Bethpage. I'd probably actually look at Harding Park a little bit, too. I think it's going to basically play as a hard version of Harding Park. Like, yes, if you got into the rough, it was bad, but it wasn't the end of the world. It feels like if you get into the rough this time, it's going to be the end of the world. Yeah, that's that's what they're saying. They're saying that the, the rough's going to start at five inches to start the week and maybe grow out to six. I mean, I didn't trust it fully when we were at uh, Olympia Fields a couple weeks ago. And I mean, that course, you know, ended up being the most difficult thing we've seen in a couple of years. So if they're going to really let it grow out, I'm here for it. I want to see carnage. So that's when some of these guys, I mean, that week could be pretty telling at Valderrama if any of these guys want to compete um, in there. And then we also get the corn fairy guys coming in too. So I'm really excited to see Will Zalatoris compete too, because he's arguably one of the best ball strikers, truthfully to me, maybe top 25 ball striker. If he's on the PGA tour now, he can compete. Who is that? Will Zalatoris. Say that again? Zalatoris. Oh, okay. Huh. Because the top corn fairy guys get into, they did the same thing. They did the top five uh, in their little swing from the UK uh, or the KFT. And then they had their playoffs and they brought in another five guys for it. So Will Zalatoris is their point leader um, on the corn fairy tour. He would be up for you know promotion if they had the end of the season he would have got it easily um but he what what he's just like prolific ball striker he can't really chip or putt but he's found it a little bit more this year but arguably some of the best irons i'm not kidding you across like professional golf yeah will zelatoris was the guy who was playing with like scheffler and hovland and spieth and those guys during uh during the break i just couldn't hear you all that well you were kind of muffled when you were saying it Um, yeah no i just love zelatoris so much sorry i got excited yeah uh like Basically, I don't know. Like, where would you compare him to Scotty Scheffler? I obviously Scheffler is more advanced at this point because he's you know he just came like sixth at the Tour Championship. I actually kind of like Scheffler at Wingfoot. I, I love Scheffler at Wingfoot. I, I've loved Scheffler over this you know this stretch, and I unfortunately didn't jump off, but I was so high on him coming out of the or starting the restart. You know, he won those two little mini events in Texas. Figured he'd come out you know, on fire for those first few weeks and he struggled getting back to it. But man, this, this recent bit has just been outstanding. So to me, he's, Zalatoris is not to where Scheffler is right now, but if you look up, I think it would have been um, either, I think it was Shinnecock. Yeah. That Will Zalatoris was in the U S open and on round two, he led the field in greens and regulation. He missed the cut because he was out of it on round one. But round two, he literally led the field in GIR. Um, I think he had 17 of 18 on a day that no one could do anything out there. 
So that spoke to me early on, on his game. And then he's just now found his short game for it. So is he a Scheffler? No, he's already priced at like 200 ish, 150 ish for, for three, six, I think on uh, some of the offshore for um, the U S open, but I'm, I'm interested if he's like priced down in the low sixes for him. Yeah. I mean, I think all of these guys that we're talking about right now are more like DraftKings plays that you want to put in Correct. or potentially top 20 bets, maybe a first round leader play kind of thing. So yeah, I think that's what I'm going to put together here. So the five that I'll really look at and try to hammer down on uh, in terms of like comparable courses in terms of difficulty for the European guys, potentially Valderrama and how people have played their over the years, even like the past three years, uh, just because it typically does play really tough. Beef Johnson, big fan of Valderrama. Uh, Shinnecock, like you mentioned, uh, from the PGA, from the U.S., from the, was that a U.S. Open or PGA Championship? That was a U.S. Open, the Brooks one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, yes. B- the BMW from a few weeks ago, just with how difficult it played. Beth Page Black, another another uh, Brooks Kepka win. Also, another, another Dustin Johnson type thing. And Harding Park. How do you even, like, what do you do with Dustin Johnson here? Do you just make one bet and bet Dustin Johnson, or do you full fade him? It's hard. I mean, it's really difficult. When I, I get to majors, I'm one of the few guys that ends up still loving Brooks, no matter kind of these in-between performances. Cause I, I just, he shows up to the moment, the courses fit his game, but when Brooks does well, so does DJ. So it's hand in hand, almost always there. So it's going to be really difficult getting away from him if they're not pricing him, you know, appropriately, but I just don't know. It just seems to be a point that I guess if there's going to be this low 6k dudes that were, I'm really into on the European tour and corn Ferry, I'll probably end up still playing him on DraftKings. All right. Skylar Hoke. FTN bets, FTNDaily.com. If you buy the football package and the tool set and stat set over at FTNDaily.com and FTNBets.com, hit me with the screenshot for that. You're in the contest to get your money refunded to you and you get the package for free for all of football season. So I highly recommend checking that out. Sky, tell everyone what's going on over there in terms of golf. Yeah, so it's myself, Axis, and Rekicheat, who used to be together at Fantasy Golf Bag. We've made our way over to FTN. We have some other partners, Kyle Murray, who was on your show with Javi, um, the football show. Those guys help out in golf, too. We have Noonan and Dom, who are all putting together a ton of pieces. If it's, you know, PGA DFS specific, like you talked about, we have FTN bets. Axis is hot fire right now with his matchups. So he's been really uh, posting those specifically on the bets. We'll have our bet tracker that goes into play and follow what outrights we're on. Um, So you're able to really have a full encompassing package there. I specialize a lot on the European tour side. So going through that field via video every week, sharing my data sheets for all the users to download and really kind of come to their own conclusions and see how, you know, we align with what the numbers are spitting out. So you're right. FTN daily has all the the DFS side and then FTN bets. You can find all of our bets at. All right. And I highly recommend everyone go to fantasynational.com slash Mayo on Wednesday. Get your weekly, get the Safeway, get the U.S. Open. Has everything you need up there for you. A full customizable stat site, custom modeling, mixed condition, simulator, ownership projections. Also has the easy to use lineup builder. So fantasynational.com slash Mayo. Cheat sheet will be up on dkplaybook.com. Other than that, you can find my cheat sheet on at the PME on Twitter and Facebook on Wednesday afternoon at some point ton of football going around at this point too and i'll be back full force with u.s open coverage later on this week and early next week all right have some fun go win some cash on DraftKings and the betting market for the safeway open i'll see you next time 
Experience!